Welcome to Blooming Out, Indiana's only LGBTQ news and public affairs show featuring music, events, and interviews, both local and global. From the WFHB studios in Bloomington, Indiana, this is Blooming Out. Good evening and welcome to Blooming Out on WFHB. I'm Grace Thumser. And I'm Colin Schasperger. On tonight's show, we have our featured music, your LGBTQ news headlines, and the LGBTQ area event calendar. First, on tonight's show, uh, we join Jeff Poling and myself with YouTube personality and singer-songwriter Ryan Casada with an interview ranging from getting into the business to YouTube censoring of content. So tonight we're pleased to have uh, Ryan Casada, and Ryan is an award-winning transgender song- singer, songwriter, actor, YouTuber, and LGBTQ activist based in Los Angeles. Um, with features in Rolling Stone, Billboard Magazine, The New York Times, BuzzFeed, and The Daily News, Ryan has made the most of his career, which started when he was just 13. So welcome to Blooming Out, Ryan. Thank you. So um, so as we said, you, you began your, your career. You've been going for a while, right? So you, you began your yeah, career. 10 years. About 10 years, okay. So um, do you remember a maybe defining moment back then which made you want to start performing? Yeah, I guess I, I had a guitar teacher named Lou, and he he was really cool. And he basically he asked me one day if music was going to be a hobby or was it going to be a passion. And I didn't know the answer to that question. I was just 12 years old. And then I, I realized that I, it was a passion for me, and that's kind of when I started performing and making it more of a career than just a hobby. And uh, unfortunately, Lou passed away from Crohn's disease, and um, that, that broke my heart. But I continued to play as an, uh, to honor him. Sure. That's, that's really, that's cool. Um, so you've been, you have been at this now, um, for, like you said, for, you know, 10 years. Um, you, I I wanted to ask you, um, about, um, the appearance that you made on the Larry King live, um, show and that was in 2009 I I believe yeah that was I went on the show because when I was growing up there was no positive transgender youth on television so I wanted to go on the show to show other transgender youth that they are not alone and um, I explained that to my mom and of course I was a minor so she had to come on the show with me and at the time she wasn't supportive of my transition she was still calling me by my birth name and still calling me the wrong pronouns and uh-huh. it was really a difficult thing to do but I did it so that I would be uh, someone that 
someone that other LGBTQ youth could relate to, more more specifically transgender youth could relate to, and see someone and realize, hey, I'm not alone. Sure. There's someone else like me out there. As far back as um, I, I believe it was uh, a couple, well, a couple years later, right? Um, at Bayshore High School, you were presented with the Harvey Milk Memorial Award. Um, c- could you tell us about like what, how that came about and, and what you did to be dis- bestowed of that honor? Yeah, um, I basically like throughout my time in high school, there were many struggles and some of those struggles were what bathroom I was going to use and being told that I couldn't use either bathroom and then uh, not knowing if I could have Ryan in the yearbook and being told that I couldn't have my name as Ryan in the yearbook and it had to be my birth name and uh, other things like this, so and bullying and stuff. So I had to fight in order to just survive high school. So I made all these changes to my high school. I made petitions. I just did a lot of things like that. And uh, I also educated the freshman classes and all the classes that I was in about the transgender community and also all the teachers that I had. So when I graduated... I got that award because I made a change not only in the school, but in the community. That's incredible. Absolutely. Um, Ryan, do you, do you write most of the songs that, that you perform? Or all yeah, of, almost all of them. Almost all of them. That's what I, was, that's what I thought. Um, you, you also made logos, um, their new now next section, one uh, of of the nine uh, trans musicians, as they call it, that you need to get into. Um, mm-hmm. Are what what do you think of that? Are are, are you kind of flattered by that, or? Oh yeah, I'm totally flattered. Yeah. So tell us about the first album that you wrote. Right. Uh the first full length. Well, I had an EP before I had an album, and. It was called Distraction, and it was my earlier song, so uh, I was more of a kid back then, and I was very, uh, my voice was um, not as mature yet, so I, I sounded like a kid on the album, and then I recorded the theme of Humankind, and I and I had a band, and all of these, like, I was like 16, and all of these guys in their 20s wanted to play and be in my band, yeah. and... <laughs> Uh, because they thought I was that talented, you know, and they, they played and they were in my band and we played some shows together and uh, we even traveled to play Milwaukee Pride together and that was really fun and um, that album, making that album was really fun. I was in a, a an awesome studio that the producer had multiple gold records and um, it was just an honor to be there and be recording and making that album. The um, I had read that you are you're the first openly trans artist to play the Warped Tour. What what is that? The Warped Tour is a music festival, and I won a contest uh, two years for two years, and um, I played the Warped Tour. I played uh, two dates on the Warped Tour from that contest. And so, um, your newest album shine is that that's the most recent album right yeah 
So what would you say is the, has been the biggest change in your music since that first album to this most recent album? Yeah, I think, well, my voice has matured a lot, and I've changed music styles a little bit. You can still tell that it's me, but I've started doing hip-hop. I did, like, a country song on that album. Uh, someone explained one of the songs as Honky Tonk, and it just, you know, my music style has changed over the years. Sure. So, um, with The Shine, and we are going to, uh, to, to feature... Um, a song from that um, on tonight's show, so everyone can can hear how you know things have progressed and and uh, and your 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 current sound and and everything. But um, I understand you've also been involved with acting. Um, you've appeared in uh, documentaries, short films. Can you kind of just? Go over a little bit about what you what you've done and and how you got into acting. How you you made that transition from um, you know the singing to acting. Yeah, well, in 2012, I was approached to make a documentary, and I was the subject of the documentary. And they titled it "Songs for Alexis," and it was about me and my girlfriend at the time. And just our 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 love and the songs I was writing about her and the struggles that we were facing because I was transgender and all of that. So that was my first little experience in film. And um, then in uh, a couple years later, I got a casting call for um, a short film by Lauren Wolkstein, and that was. Be Missable End in Tears, part of a bigger project called Collective Unconscious. And I was in that film, and that was like my first little like acting bit. And I won an award at the Victoria Film Festival for Best Breakout Performance. And I, I just did a commercial, and um, I actually have an audition tomorrow, uh, today. So. Oh, awesome. So, yeah. so so the so the acting is is going full full speed ahead as as well as the the music. Yeah, I just got signed to an agent, so I'm going on auditions and stuff and trying to make it happen. It's it's a little bit harder to get in the acting world cuz so many people are doing it, especially here in LA. Sure. Yeah, but well, congratulations. And every huge. audition is an experience. Oh, <laughs> I'll bet. Yeah, that is awesome. Yeah, congratulations. Let's let's get into the, and this is this is something that I know um, it's it's made the the news recently. We've talked about it on the show. You um, were one of the first uh, artists that you know publicly you know state on on Facebook. I'm well, you posted on Facebook, but the message you got was from YouTube, right? And so it's all about yeah. the the YouTube um, situation censoring. Um, and and doing the parental controls and you posted the message and you said my videos will no longer be available to youth and 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 i'm so sorry first of all ryan has has that changed is is that still happening yeah it's still happening uh they censored all of our videos so our videos are not available to people under the age of 18 if you're lgbt so they said it's adults topics just to talk about being gay or trans or bi or whatever so it's, it's really a shame because youtube like saved my life when i was a kid and I, that's what i did i watched 
YouTube videos of other trans people to like figure myself out, you know, and I needed that. Sure. So it's really a shame. Sure. I'm I'm sure there are, there are so many young people out there that are that that like you said need need that and they don't have a a a, a real a personal support system or anyone that they can talk to. Um mm-hmm. so, so it so so they're saying 18 if if you're under 18 you cannot view the you know the videos can they can they bypass that do they have to get something from their parents i i'm not sure how that how that works what youtube says you have to you know yeah i mean they could create a fake account and okay. sign up as over 18 but if you already have an account i mean right you're not really going to do that you know but i mean from that yeah from from those people that have their account there's no way just because they're documented as being this age, so there's no way they can like send anything and say, "Oh, my 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 parents said it's okay" or anything like that, right? No, there's no, I guess there's nothing like that, and also a lot of these parents aren't accepting. Yeah, I'm I'm sure. So, can you talk a little bit about uh, the type of content that you have on your channel? Yeah, mostly I just talk about being trans and queer. And I post some, like, cover songs and some original music and some music videos. So it's nothing explicit, you know? It's just basic stuff. So right. I don't see why it has to be censored. Right. And as Trolleys, you said, you know? that's stuff that can really make a difference for people. Yeah. Do, do you see any, any changes in this at all? I mean, I know I've seen petitions. I've seen, um, you know, statements from, from the public. Um, you know, asking that YouTube reevaluate. I, I had, I, I honestly didn't, hadn't followed the most recent, you know, uh, happenings, and I don't know if anything's been reversed or if anything's being considered to be reversed or changed on that. Or is, is are your thoughts that right at this point, no, nothing, nothing is going to change, uh, or there are no plans that they're going to change that, as far as you know. They know the community's mad at this point, and uh, I think they know that they really messed up. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that they're going to change it eventually. I just think someone messed up, you know, and made this rule, and someone really messed up. But right. I mean, even like last week, I got like a little gift package from YouTube, and I'm like, why did they send me this? And it's probably uh. because... Like, they're trying to win us all back, you know? Because I, I, like, stopped making videos because... Well, of course. My, my fans are used, you know? And now they can't even see my videos. So, like, who am I making videos for, you know? So, I mean, I'll probably make videos again. But, like, right now I'm a little angry and I don't want to, like, make... I'm, like, boycotting YouTube. Yeah, you know? sure. Completely understandable. And I, I'm really glad that you would... That you're able to, to talk to us about this. Because I know a lot of people... Mm-hmm want to know and so you've got some acting that you're working on that's that's in the in the very near future that's happening now you're you're going on auditions um what would you actually like to do in in that area and and also in the music area what are what are some things you're thinking of that you know where you're gonna what you're gonna or how you're gonna take it to the next level i'm just gonna keep doing what i'm doing and see if what takes off you know yeah sure i don't really have like a specific plan or anything yeah i'm just going with it you know nice and we heard um that you're working on a memoir possibly 
Yeah, I am. I'm on. I'm editing now. It's a grueling process, but hopefully it'll be done soon, and then I can get published. That's awesome. Um, yeah. How, has it has that been going on for a while? Have you been working on it? For yeah, I've been writing this book for like six years. Wow. Oh, wow. That's awesome. Why I can't wait to to talk to you more about that when that when you get close to to releasing that because I hope you'll you'll let us uh, yeah totally have, yeah have another interview with you and talk to you about that um, and uh, again just to let people know um, your album Shine is um, you what it's available on iTunes is that right yeah and Spotify and Spotify cool well Ryan. I really appreciate you taking the time tonight. I know you've got a, a lot going on with your uh, audition and everything. Best of luck with that. That's really Thank you. awesome. And um, here, here's hoping that YouTube wakes up. And uh, Totally. Yeah, for, for everyone's sake. But um, thanks for taking the time uh, to speak yeah, with us. Yeah, thanks so much for making time for me. Tonight. All right. Well, take care, and we wish you the best of luck, and we hope to talk to you again real soon. And that was singer, songwriter, and YouTube personality Ryan Casada. And now, from his 2016 album Shine, here is Bedroom Eyes. I'm not ready to be somebody's baby, cause it's been a hard year But after that when it's all been said and done I'll come running, I'll come running, I'll run Cause after all, I always get so weird At this part in the winter And I can't even tell
That was our guest this week, Ryan Casada, with Bedroom Eyes. We now turn to news director Noel Phillips with this week's LGBTQ news headlines. Last Friday, New Mexico Governor Susana Martinez signed into law Senate Bill 121, which protects LGBTQ youth from the practice of conversion therapy. Conversion therapy, also known as reparative therapy, refers to psychotherapy methods that aim to change a person's sexual orientation or gender identity. These practices are based on the false premise that LGBTQ people have mental illnesses that can be cured. Research has shown that these practices pose health risks for LGBTQ young people such as depression, decreased self-esteem, substance abuse, homelessness, and suicidal behavior. Conversion therapy is condemned by every major medical and mental health organization, including the American Psychiatric Association, American Psychological Association, and American Medical Association. In other national news, Neil Gorsuch was sworn in on Monday as the 113th U.S. Supreme Court Justice. Nominated by President Trump to replace Justice Antonin Scalia, Gorsuch was confirmed last week by the Senate in a vote that saw Republicans exercise the so-called nuclear option, allowing a simple majority of senators to approve him. The new justice will have an immediate impact, as this week the court will decide which cases to take up in the coming year. During the confirmation hearing, Senator Al Franken asked Gorsuch if marriage equality was settled law. If I were to begin speaking about my personal views on this subject, which every American has views on, would send a misleading signal to the American people that my It's settled law. It is absolutely settled law. There's ongoing litigation about its impact and its application right now. At the confirmation ceremony at the White House Rose Garden, the oath was administered by Justice Anthony Kennedy, for whom Gorsuch once clerked. However, Justice Gorsuch and Justice Kennedy part ways on several issues. One issue is critical to LGBTQ rights, and that's the belief in substantive due process. It's a concept that comes from the idea that individuals have a right to live free of interference, the right to make important personal decisions, and the right to protection from discrimination. The notion of human dignity is at the center of the Supreme Court's three landmark LGBTQ rights cases. In Lawrence v. Texas in 2003, Justice Kennedy quoted a 1992 decision affirming Roe v. Wade, and his opinion was simple. To criminalize sex between same-sex persons violated, quote, their dignity as free persons, end quote, and thus their right to liberty under the Due Process Clause of the 14th Amendment. In United States v. Windsor in 2013, which struck down the one-man, one-woman definition of marriage at the federal level, Justice Kennedy noted that state laws permitting same-sex marriage, quote, sought to protect personhood and dignity, end quote. A federal law denying dignity to people in same-sex marriages violated their right to liberty both as individuals and couples. In Obergefell v. Hodges in 2015, the Supreme Court ruled that states may not ban same-sex marriage. Justice Kennedy wrote, quote, There is dignity in the bond between two men or two women who seek to marry, and in their autonomy to make such profound choices, end quote. Gorsuch's writings suggest he is skeptical of protecting individuals from having their fundamental rights violated without justification. However, substantive due process has been part of Supreme Court decisions for more than a century. In his book on physician-assisted suicide, Gorsuch criticizes the Supreme Court for adhering to the substantive due process precedent in case after case. Gorsuch said that equality makes assisted suicide unacceptable because all people created equal enjoy an inalienable right to life. This view signals an intent to misappropriate the concept of dignity to restrict individual choice, and it carries broader implications for reproductive access, rights, and justice. In other national news, three Republican lawmakers filed a bill on Tuesday that sought to ban same-sex marriage in North Carolina and refused to recognize same-sex marriages performed in other states. 
House Bill 780 quotes the Christian Bible and states the Supreme Court overstepped, quote, the decree of Almighty God, end quote. House Speaker Tim Moore would not hear the bill, citing constitutional concerns. The North Carolina ACLU's policy director, Sarah Galuli, was heartened that the bill was short-lived. I think it is a tremendous um, sign of progress and really says something about North Carolina's commitment um, to fairness and equality when we look at um, Amendment 1 versus where we know North Carolinians are today. In early 2016, the Mississippi legislature passed a law that would let businesses and government employees cite religious beliefs to deny services to same-sex couples. Now the controversial House Bill 1523, which a federal judge blocked from being enforced the day before it was set to take effect on July 1st, was argued last week before the 5th U.S. Circuit Court of Appeals in Lubbock, Texas. Rob Hill from the Human Rights Campaign of Mississippi addressed LGBTQ advocates in a rally outside the Mississippi State Capitol building last month. In fact, Mississippians across the state have made their voices heard with regards to this bill, and they've spoken loud and clear through emails, through many calls to all of our elected leaders, through rallies that we've had here in, the, in front of the governor's mansion that attracted hundreds and hundreds of Mississippians from across the state. They've made it clear that we do not want hate in our state. Mississippi State Representative Jay Hughes called for a repeal of HB 1523. The First Amendment already guarantees that any church can dictate what happens within its walls. They can marry anyone they want already. This bill does not impact that. And there's never been a case where any pastor or priest in this state has been sued for doing that or denying it. So the reality is this is a drastic solution to a problem that doesn't exist. The law signed by Governor Phil Bryant sought to protect three beliefs. Marriage is only between a man and a woman, sex should only take place in such a marriage, and a person's gender is determined at birth and cannot be altered. Governor Bryant said that Christians are willing to defend the right to religious liberty. They don't know that Christians have been persecuted throughout the ages. They don't know that if it takes crucifixion, we will stand in line before abandoning our faith and our belief and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. So if we are going to stand, now is the time and this is the place. The governor's appeal is being handled by private attorneys, including some working for Alliance Defending Freedom, an Arizona-based Christian legal group that helped write the law. Kevin Terrio, an attorney for Alliance Defending Freedom, said, quote, We made arguments to the court that this particular law does not impose anything on the plaintiffs. It actually protects people who don't want to fear government discriminating against them because of their beliefs, end quote. A decision from the Fifth Circuit Court could take weeks or months. After the decision is issued, attorneys will have the option of appealing before all the justices on the Fifth Circuit Court or directly to the Supreme Court. In global news, a gay couple in the Netherlands was reportedly attacked for holding hands. Prosecutors said five teenage suspects would be charged with serious bodily harm. The authorities are still investigating the motivation for the attack, which the victims describe as a hate crime. Amsterdam, the Netherlands capital, has promoted itself as the gay capital of Europe. Homosexuality was removed from the Dutch Criminal Code in 1811, and the Netherlands was the first country in the world to legalize gay marriage, with the first ceremonies in 2001. Gay rights are supported across the political spectrum in the Netherlands. The attack comes as the country has been dealing with growing anti-immigrant sentiment, fueled in part by the far-right leader, Geert Wilders, who likens himself to Donald Trump. After the attack, Dutch men and women demonstrated in the streets holding hands. Hundreds of people marched through the streets of Amsterdam to show their support for gay rights.
COC Netherlands, an advocacy group for gay rights based in Amsterdam, said the number of reported cases of violence against LGBTQ people had increased to 1,600 in 2015 from about 400 in 2009. Of the 1,600, nine resulted in convictions for discrimination-related offenses, including hate crimes. It cautioned, however, that the increase in reporting could also be a result of greater awareness of the issue. Following last week's report on the arrests and killings of gay men, the U.S. State Department called on Russia to investigate and hold the perpetrators responsible. Svetlana Zakharova from the Russian LGBTQ network explained the detentions to the BBC World Service's NewsHour program. People say that there are at least 15 or 30 people who are locked in the same room and they are constantly tortured, for example, with the electric current or beaten with various objects and sometimes beaten to death. People who detained, they are released and given to their family members. And it is usually expected that those family members are supposed to kill those people because there is such thing as honor killing in Chechnya. Secretary of State Rex Tillerson traveled to Moscow on Tuesday. In a letter to Tillerson, the human rights campaign urged him to press the Kremlin on the issue. As of Wednesday, there were no reports that Tillerson addressed the events taking place in Chechnya. In other global news, Scotland became the first part of the UK to approve the use of HIV-preventing drugs. The pre-exposure prophylaxis drug, also known as PrEP, can drastically reduce people's chances of being infected with HIV, and it is available in a number of countries to at-risk groups. Rob Shepherd, a trial participant in the UK, explained the significance of the National Health Service providing PrEP. For 95% of people, condoms are absolutely perfect, but for me personally, it can be anything from I don't enjoy them down to I don't perform as well with them. You can get people who may have um, type 2 diabetes or um, obesity health issues, and some people would say that these are self-inflicted. And to the same extent, what I'm doing, taking those extra risks by having unprotected sex, is an extra risk, but it's, an, it's a risk that I've made an assessment of myself. Lawrence Barton, a Pride organizer in the UK, expressed his doubt about offering PrEP. Um, by introducing a medication that potentially is saying, uh, sending a message that if you take this you'll be fine, I think that potentially encourages people to go out there and knowingly have unsafe sex. Health experts say rolling out PrEP would be cost-effective if it leads to even a small reduction in HIV infections, as the lifetime cost of just one HIV infection can be up to $470,000. Hundreds of community members across Scotland have contacted coalition members, attended informational events, contributed to consultations, appealed to clinics, and spread the word on PrEP. Deborah Gold, chief executive at the National AIDS Trust, said, quote, This game-changing prevention tool has the potential to massively reduce HIV rates and turn Scotland into a model internationally of how to do HIV prevention well. The speed and decisiveness of the Scottish press contrasts starkly with delays in the other three UK nations, end quote. For Blooming Out on WFHB, I'm Noelle Phillips. And this is listener-supported WFHB, Bloomington, Bedford, Ellettsville, Nashville, Community Radio for South Central Indiana, online all the time at WFHB.org. Right now, we have some weather for you right here at the Firehouse Station. It is just over 78 degrees, it is sunny, it is clear, and tomorrow is forecasted to be almost exactly the same as today. Low tonight will be about 54, a few passing clouds here and there with a very slight chance of rain. That chance of rain does increase tomorrow, though. High of 81, partly to mostly cloudy during the day. Friday night, that chance of rain bumps up to 40%. Variable clouds with thunderstorms, especially during the evening. Low of 61. Starting off your weekend, 40% chance of rain on Saturday during the day. High of 81. And then a few clouds on Saturday night. 
20% chance of rain, low of 61. And now we will take you back to Grace and Colin for Blooming Out right here on WFHB. The next song intro comes to you from The Gazette. This past year has given Trey Pearson a lot to write about in his songs. In May, the former frontman of Christian rock band Everyday Sunday came out as gay in a letter to fans. In August, he was invited to perform at Joshua Fest, which he says would have made him the first openly gay artist ever to play a major Christian music festival. He was uninvited when members of Joshua Fest's production team threatened to quit, but still ended up appearing on stage for a song with the band Five Iron Frenzy. Now Pearson has channeled all of that into his first solo single, Silver Horizon, and its music video, which premiered earlier last week. The song is very much about my journey, especially over the last year and a half, but really kind of having to go through the darkness and the toughness, just all the hardship to find the light on the other side and the new beginning and the hope, the performer said. In the video, a young gay man sings during a church service, then shares a kiss with his partner to applause from the congregation. The musician said the sequence reflects his feelings about seeing more churches become open and affirming to LGBT members, and, in all seriousness, my desire to continue to see a change. I wanted to make a video that portrays the church when it's at its best, unconditional love and joy and showing the love of Jesus. Next up, Pearson plans to release an EP in May and will tour the country this summer, visiting churches along the way and continuing to share his story. Here is Trey Pearson's latest, Silver Horizon.
For WFHB and Blooming Out comes from the back door, downtown Bloomington's queerest bar, dance club, and venue. From live bands and DJs to drag shows and karaoke, there is something for everyone every day of the week. The back door is located at 207 South College in the alley behind Atlas Bar. And more information can be found on Facebook or online at bckdoor.com. Blooming Out is also supported by the Quarry Land Men's Chorus, Bloomington's premier chorus for gay, bi, and trans men and their allies. More information can be found at quarryland.org. And the intro to our next music break comes to us from Fuse. Halsey's new era for upcoming sophomore album, Hopeless Fountain Kingdom, officially began with the release of new single, Now or Never, and its accompanying video. The dark and moody new track sees the singer offering a lover an ultimatum to love her now or never. The song is the first taste of Hopeless Hopeless Fountain Kingdom set to drop June the 2nd. With Now or Never, here is Halsey. fight right now know you always right now no one is you around with me but nobody went around with me been through the ups yeah, the ups and the downs with me got a whole lot of love but you don't want to spread it around with me yeah never pick up never call me you know we run another time never pick up when you want me now i gotta draw a line baby i done done enough talking Need to know that you're mine Baby, we done done enough talking Gotta be right now, right now Baby, gon' love me now, 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 never I want you to hold me down, 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 down forever Said you know I wanna keep you around You in a different town than me We've been through it all But you could never spit it out for me Trying to talk to a wall But you could never tear it down for me Yeah Never pick up, never call me You know we run another time Never pick up when you want me Now I gotta draw a line Baby, I done done enough talking Need to know 
That was Halsey with Now or Never. And so now uh, it's just Grace and I here in the <laughs> studio. Grace, there's quite a little bit happening uh, on the news, isn't there? There absolutely is. I would say probably one of the biggest news stories that is getting a surprisingly small amount of coverage is the concentration camps in Chechnya. Yeah, I think I was definitely surprised just because, you know, the news sources that I kind of follow are the New York Times CNN, mm-hmm. um, the Washington, uh, yeah. you know, like stuff, stuff like that, and big major news sources, right. aren't giving this a lot of coverage. Yeah, um, I mean, I think first of all, it's a reminder that you know I need to get out there and branch out <laughs> and you know find some other places Absolutely. to read news, not only those places, but uh, also, I mean, I just cannot believe that this is still happening it's, in 2017. It's really crazy. Uh, I think one of the things that's just absolutely so dated uh, that Noelle was mentioning in her news report is the concept of honor killings of gay men, which, I mean, is completely baffling. But, um, yeah, it, it's crazy what's going on. Yeah. and Well, and then I think also, you know, I, I've read here that the Chechenian government is just completely denying that it's happening. Mm-hmm. And they're just saying that it's not that it's not even happening. I have a Chechen spokesperson right here, uh, and this is a quote, an absolute lie. It is impossible to detain and harass people we simply do not have in the country. If there were any gay people in the region, they would have been dealt with by their own relatives. And then he goes on to say, in Chechnya, men lead a healthy lifestyle, play sports, Mm -hmm. and they have only one orientation, which is determined from the moment of creation. So there's quite that's, a quite a bit in a uh, all of those crazy quote. Yeah. So not only are they denying that it's happening, they're just denying that they have any gay men in the country at all. 
if if they had gay men, they'd already be taken care of which by is, their families, which is crazy. Um, I think that it's kind of important. Uh, the reaction to this, Donald Trump has not made any statement in reaction to this at all. Right. And I remember getting a New York Times alert on my phone yesterday about Rex Tillerson, the Secretary of State, uh, who met with in, in Moscow yesterday and spoke yeah. to both Putin and, um, goodness, I'm blanking on their secretary's name, but but spoke to them and didn't say anything about the uh, the stuff happening in Chechnya and then said that U.S. and Russia relations are at an all-time low and that the U.S. needs to work on improving those ties. And so we need to be friendlier to Russia, even though they're doing this. Right, you know, right. it's like, well, I they're... want my own government to kind of stand up for me and for people, you know, for the LGBTQ community that we have in this country and say, no, you can't treat people like that. But nothing's been said. Yeah. And it's not even just ignoring it. It's even saying, going so far as to say that we should be improving our relations with Russia at this time when, when that's happening. That's really telling of the government's stance, really. Right. Well, and I feel like not only is this a problem because it's LGBTQ people, but just the fact that people are being round up and killed anyway. Absolutely. And the fact that we're not upset that people are being round up and killed in the first place, you know, that this shouldn't be okay, you know, and especially that people are being tortured. And I've read that men are being beaten with hoses and they're being electrocuted. They're being interrogated until they admit to being gay. Mm -hmm. And then they're pushed to give the names of other LGBT people that Mm -hmm. they know so that they can go and find more people. And it's just that 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 there is any type of concentration camp in existence right now in 2017. I mean, that's that's a story. That's that's something that should be that needs to be dealt with. Uh, And it has been. called out by a few, I mean, more than a few groups, obviously, the UN actually has made a statement um, saying that they are demanding that Chechnya stop with the abduction and beating and killing of gay and bisexual men, which, I mean, it's, that's, it's nice to know, like, the UN is backing or supporting that. But. And to see that it's been addressed. And, yeah, and also absolutely. that there have been 50 members of Congress that have all signed a letter. Uh, there's 47 Democrats and three Republicans. So it's a bipartisan letter uh, encouraging Secretary of State Rex Tillerson to speak publicly mm-hmm. about the issue. So it, it'll be nice to kind of follow that. And it's nice to also hear, you know, our own representatives standing up and saying something. Right. And of course, alongside that, there have been a few um, protests, uh, rallies, things of that sort, uh, Munich and London, um, which is nice to see that, you know, of course, the people are speaking out and, you know, government a lot of time is spurred by the people. Yeah, I think it's just, I think what's hard is that it's just a reminder that in the United States, even though that things sometimes can get scary for our community, it's a reminder that we are very fortunate to be able to be ourselves mm-hmm. and live openly. Absolutely. You know, that that is something that, you know, I am definitely fortunate. Right. To have. And especially in a time like this, when a lot of us feel like we are um, not 
in a super fortunate position with our government and um, with the current situation. It's, you know, we, we're a lot luckier than we know. And it's, there's a lot of worse places uh, to be gay going on right now. And it's, it's very humbling, yeah. That's hard to see happening though. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, our next music break comes to you from Pitchfork. Um, the new LP from Brooklyn's Ayaneko introduces the songwriting of guitarist-singer Jade Payne. It presents two equal voices with their own takes on the queer Black American experience. Ayanako has always been direct about the subjects of their music, sad punk songs about being queer, trans, and Black. It's listed right there on their Facebook page. You don't need to know that to rock out to their fuzzy take on emo, but these words are their existence. When you're Black, queer, and trans, a forceful statement of identity is itself a political act. Identity has been the focus of much of Ayanako's recorded output, and while their earliest compositions stayed mostly within the sonic boundaries of 90s pop punk, their growth and maturation has been inspiring. Ayanako's story is one of transition, including Dixon's own. But even as testosterone treatments changed his singing and subsequently his approach to writing on guitar, Dixon was also welcoming another voice into the mix in guitarist Jade Payne. Payne wasn't on Ayanako's debut LP, 2013's Unleash Yourself, and while her guitar and background vocals added a new dynamic to the sound of The Blackest Eye, the songs were still Dixon's. Silver Haze, then, represents a new era for the young Brooklynites, one with two equal voices. It's an assertion backed up by the cover image of the two songwriters sitting side by side, bonded by shared experience, each with their own take on the queer black American identity. Payne's songs are often just as sad, but they're occasionally imbued with righteous indignation. Payne has also spent some time of late moonlighting on guitar for Sadie Dupuis' Sad 13 project. The influence of Dupuis' other band, Speedy Ortiz, is particularly prominent in Payne's songs on Silver Haze, from the vocal inflections to the guitar tone. Payne, who works as a sound engineer at Brooklyn's Silent Barn Collective, recorded their last EP, but for Silver Haze, the band worked with Joe Rogers at Room 17. His influence is especially felt on lead single Particle Mace, a pop song washed in fuzz with vocal tracks that shine through the noise. The lyrics on Silver Haze maintain a relative obliqueness, which makes these intensely personal portraits relatable to anyone who has ever been on the outside looking in or struggled with bodily self-reflection. With Tourmaline, off their latest Silver Haze album, here is Ayanako.
And to finish out tonight's show, it's time for your weekly LGBTQ plus area event calendar. On Sunday, join DJ Aaron Tilford at Monsieur. Monsieur is a weekly event at the Root Cellar Lounge beneath Farm Bloomington. DJ Tilford will start spinning the beats beginning at 8 p.m. And continuing the long list of RuPaul's Drag Race contestants at the back door, tomorrow, April 14th, Courtney Act will perform. More information can be found on Facebook. Begin preparing your stomach for PRISM Youth Community's Rainbow Pancake Brunch this Saturday, April 15th from 9 a.m. till noon at the UU Church in Bloomington. Donations will be gratefully accepted. More information can be found on Facebook. The Canterbury House at 719 East 7th Street in Bloomington is hosting Letter Writing for LGBT Immigration Reform on Tuesday, April 18th from 4 o'clock to 6 o'clock. They will be learning more about current immigration policies impacting LGBTQ people, such as conditions in detention centers and asylum seekers. After a discussion, they will write letters to legislators advocating for inclusive reform. Join PRISM Youth Community from 7 p.m. until 9 p.m. on April 21st, which is the National Day of Silence to celebrate the strength of the LGBTQ youth community. There will be food, games, and lots of fun. This event is free and open to anyone ages 12 to 20. The LGBTQ Culture Center will host uh, their end-of-the-year bash on Thursday, April the 27th from 5 to 8 p.m. The event is free and open to everyone. There will be cookout food, lawn games, a DJ, and memories to be made. Finally, on both April 29th and 30th, help celebrate 15 years of Coryland Men's Chorus by attending their spring concert. You have two opportunities, April 29th at 7.30 p.m. or April 30th at 3 p.m. Tickets can be purchased at bctboxoffice.org. And more information about the concert can be found on Facebook. That is all the time that we have for you this evening. We would like to thank you for tuning in tonight. If you are interested in volunteering here at WFHB or for our show, contact volunteer at wfhb.org. You can also call us at 812-323-1200, tweet us at bloomingoutwfhb, visit our Blooming Out Facebook page, or find us on Instagram. The executive producer of Blooming Out is Joe, Gro- Joe Crawford. The producer is Ryan Shaddy. The associate producer and board engineer is Sarah Hetrick. The news director is Noel Phillips. Finally, our theme music is an original composition produced for Blooming Out by Aaron Gage. For Blooming Out, Grace Thumser and Jeff Poling, I'm Colin Schasperger. Please tune in again next Thursday at 5.30 p.m. and visit us online at bloomingout.com. Blooming Out, Indiana's only LGBTQ plus radio program, airs every Thursday evening here on WFHB at 5.30 p.m. You can also stream us 24 hours a day, seven days a week on WFHB.org or BloomingOut.com. Thank you for listening. Please tune in again next week to Blooming Out.